بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته All praise and thanks are due solely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Choices, peace, blessings and salutations upon our master and exemplar Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum I welcome you to Unlocking Hearts A program in Ramadan wherein we reflect about the Qur'an, we reflect on the Qur'an in order to unlock our hearts and gain proximity to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today looking at Juz 3, Surah Ali Imran begins in the third Juz of the Qur'an and it continues into the fourth Juz. So it will be the focus of uh, this particular Juz of the Qur'an. Surah Ali Imran is a beautiful surah, it contains some beautiful stories about the family of Nabi Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, starting from the parents of Sayyida Maryam alayhi salatu wasalam, and there are many lessons to be taken from that particular story. It speaks about the Muslims and how they had to deal with delegations of Christians from Najran who wanted to learn about Islam, as well as Islam's stance on Nabi Isa and Sayyida Maryam alayhi salatu wasalam. They also had to deal with the Yahud of Medina al Munawwara and most importantly, the Battle of Uhud. So all three of these uh, topics flow throughout the surah, giving us a glimpse of some of the challenges and events of the third year after the Hijrah. And the surah addresses the people of the book more than any other surah in the Qur'an due to the high number of interactions that the Prophet ﷺ had with the Yahud and the Nasara during that particular year. I, however, have selected verses 14 and 15 actually because they kind of flow as one verse would flow of Surah Al-Imran because this was one of the most profound verses that impacted me as a student especially when I heard it for the first time and how applicable it is up until this day for contemporary living so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says بَعَدَ أَنْ أَقُولَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُكَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ وَالْخَيْلِ الْمُسَوَّمَةِ وَالْأَنْعَامِ وَالْحَرْثِ ذَلِكَ مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَاللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حُسْنُ الْمَآبَ So the first part of this, um, the first part of this narrative is that Allah Ta'ala says, Allah beautified and he doesn't even use his own name subhanahu wa ta'ala it has been beautified for people the love of desires of women so obviously the opposite gender walbanin children walqanatir almuqantara and hordes of wealth min adhhabi walfidda of gold and silver walkhayl almusawwama and branded horses right now of course we don't ride horses but branded that we know uh, and assets, livestock and green pasture lands, etc. These are assets. And it's also the good life, you know, the farm life. All of these things that are mentioned, they make up the desires of the nafs. Like what more does the nafs really want beyond having the love of desire for the opposite gender, so sexual desire. And then of course, posterity, having children and having a family and having loved ones and security in that sense as well. Not just wealth, but hordes of wealth. All sorts of wealth, gold, silver, etc. And then branded things, nice things, not just horses, that's utility. You know, branded horses because we want the best, we want to look the best, we want to feel the best. As well as the good life. 
And then Allah says, Those are the enjoyments of this low life, this worldly life. And by Allah are the best of abodes, meaning Jannah. Now, the verse is impactful because, you know, we are generally led to believe that our desires are all negative, right? You desire looking at the opposite gender, you desire interacting with the opposite gender, you desire lots of wealth, and we blame it on the nafs. We say, you know, this nafs is so evil and, you know, leave all these things and so on. Yeah, in this verse, Allah is actually making us very comfortable about the fact that these things are not only the desired things, but have kind of been pre-programmed within us. Because Allah says, It has been beautified. It has been adorned for people. What? The love of desire of these things. So Allah is the one who instilled these things within us. And there's no problem with that. Okay? As long as it is halal and as long as it is attained in a halal manner. And often Muslims think that Islam, you know, just wants to be, it just wants to remove all pleasure completely. But that's not true. That's the opposite of the truth. The, the Quran and Islam wants to give us a pleasurable life in this world and in the world you're after. Whereas the absence of Islam is going to really lead us to pleasure, but temporal pleasure. You know, pleasure of the nafs, pleasure of evil, which is only temporal because it's it's limited. You know, it never stops also in the sense that the desires are always there and what we what we get in return for fulfilling those desires, that's limited. It only goes so far before the next desire creeps in and we want more. So that's called the hedonic treadmill. We always want more. We always want the next thing. The nafs will never be satisfied. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't demonize the love of desires of these things but rather he shows us that this is the nature of of man this is the nature of human beings right that they would love these things however but Allah has better abodes with him so if our only way of acquisition of these things is through impermissible means then rather leave those things and strive for that which is better and what is better is what is with Allah and what is with Allah? The best of abodes. Then Allah tells us about the best of abodes. قُلْ أَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِخَيْرٍ مِّنْ ذَلِكُمْ Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell them, Shall I inform you of that which is even better than all of those things? لِلَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ For those who have taqwa by their Lord. For those who have taqwa, عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ By their Lord there is, or they are, جَنَّاتٌ They are gardens. تجري من تحتها الأنهار rivers are flowing at the at the at the uh, feet of these gardens meaning you know down in the valley there are rivers flowing there so it's a very picturesque description of Jannah as a garden as this beautiful forest and then Allah says خالدين فيها they will remain therein forever which is the opposite of this dunya because we know we will not be here forever we know that anything we can acquire here is going to be it's going to be temporary. And that's all fine. Why? Because in Jannah, it's forever. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَأَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ And we will also gain some of those pleasures that we had in the world, in this world. We will still manage to achieve that, but on a much greater scale. Because now we are speaking about وَأَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ Purified spouses. Right? Um, the Quran is not shy to celebrate 
the sexuality of humankind and the desire that humankind has within themselves not only to procreate but also to fulfill their sexual desire. So in appeal to that sexual desire, the Qur'an encourages us to look forward to the permissible desire that will be fulfilled in the year after in Jannah and not, um, not in a bad way, not in a temporary way and also in a way that doesn't come with guilt or that doesn't come with sin or that doesn't come with shame because now it's all about the pleasure. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ Allah." And on top of all of that, you also get the pleasure, the being pleased, right? By Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with us. وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ And Allah sees His servants. So this, these two verses really stands out to me. And I hope it stands out to you as well because, you know, we can unlock our hearts by really tapping in to the idea that our desires are not bad, but we just need to get them under control. We will be locking ourselves up, right, with our sexual drive and with our greed for more wealth and with our desire for nice things and brand name things. We'll be locking ourselves up we will become slaves to those things and ultimately a slave of the of the nafs the lower based the lower base animalistic self we could potentially become the slave of that we will be a slave to something uh, one way or the other but it's really our choice you know so we can utilize this opportunity we the quran can unlock our hearts for us and that is really up to us and the way that we remind ourselves to pursue that which is higher than the immediate pleasures is really to focus our attention on the Akhirah and to remind ourselves regularly that the Akhirah is not far away. We only live in this world for about 60, 70, 80 years. Of course, Qadr Allah Allah knows best. But that's still a short time in relation to the possible thousands of years we'll spend in the Qabr or the possible... Uh, hundreds of years we'll spend in the Qabr and then the eternity of the year after is it not worth the little bit of sacrifice and yes of course it's difficult and because it's so difficult the rewards are tremendous right the the test is in proportion to the the level of the rewards so unlock your hearts may Allah unlock all of our hearts and may we be from among those who attain you know, the husnul ma'ab, the best of abodes that Allah Ta'ala speaks about, that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was ordered to give us the good news of. And may this month of Ramadan be a means for us to get those desires under control, to get that nafs under control. Yes, I know it is tough. And, uh, you know, we don't need to go into a battle with the nafs blindly. But mark my words when I say that the month of Ramadan is the best time to target your nafs. Because the other enemies have been taken care of. Shaitan is already locked up. So we don't need to worry about him getting in the way of our nafs training. And the environment has changed because now there's more Quran, there's more salah, there's more khair happening all around us. It's easier to switch off the television. It's easier to not listen to music. It's easier to not watch you know, endless movies and series and you know, engage in games all the time. It's easier because Allah Ta'ala had given us this gift in Ramadan. So what can we do? Work on the nafs. Here's a tip. Embrace the hunger. Embrace the thirst. Embrace the fatigue. 
understand that the hunger, thirst, and fatigue is a means that we could employ to train that nafs, teach that nafs a lesson. You are not in charge of me. I obey Allah. I don't obey my animalistic self. We pray and make dua. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil mursaleen. Sayyidina wa nabiyina wa maulana Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Ya man huwa al-awwal wa al-akhir. Ya man huwa al-zahir wa al-batin. Ya man qala li'ibadihi inni qareeb. Ujibu da'wat al-da'i idha da'an. Oh Allah, the first of the first, the last of the last, the ever-living. Oh Allah, oh you who are completely independent of anyone and anything. Oh Allah, oh you who are alone, having no partners, having no fathers, having no sons, no offspring and no family. Oh Allah, we come to you as your servants and your slaves. We come to you as beggars and paupers. We come to you in need. We come to you completely dependent on you. In these blessed days and nights of the month of Ramadan, begging you, Ya Rabbal Alameen, to forgive us for being servants of our own nafs. We ask of you, Ya Allah, forgive us for being slaves voluntarily to our own base animalistic selves. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the ability to control our base desires, to control our nafs. Ya Allah, we ask that instead of being slaves to our nafs and slaves to our desires, that we unlock our hearts and that we become your slaves and your slaves alone and that through becoming your servants we are liberated from being servants and slaves and bondsmen and bondswomen of our own desires Ya Rabbil Alameen Ya Allah our nafs has perpetually led us astray with the help of our enemy shaitan Ya Allah every time we want to become better people our nafs stands, stands in our way as an impediment from reaching you Ya Allah, every time we want to give up those bad habits, we slip and we fall and we stumble because we give in to our nafs. Ya Allah, every time we want to give up those evil haram deeds that we do on a daily basis, the sins of our hands, the sins of our tongues, the sins of our eyes, the sins of our ears, the sins of our fingertips, the sins of our feet, the sins of our private parts, the sins of our limbs, each and every time knowing full well that you, Ya Allah, you are aware of the evil that we perpetrate, yet we still give in to the nafs time and time again. Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive us for being so weak against our own nafs. And Ya Allah, we ask that you grant us the strength to rise up and fight against that nafs, that you grant us the strength to conquer that nafs and that our desires of the nafs be fully in accordance with what you desire from us and with what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had taught us. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, we ask that during these days and nights of Ramadan, you reform our bodies, you reform our hearts, you reform our minds, you reform our souls, that we realize what is most important in this life and what is not important, and that you grant us the ability to prioritize our lives so that we live optimally in this life for the next life. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasanata wa fil akhirati hasanata wa qina adhab al-nar. Wa adkhilna al-jannata ma'al abrar ya aziz ya ghaffar ya Rabbil Alameen. وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين آمين يا رب العالمين جزاكم الله خيرا Until next time وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته